1: Hey everybody, I'm Nick DiMatteo and welcome to week 198 and video episode number 24 of 4T, the Thursday throwback track. Every week I take a release or two from my collection, I discuss it, I give you my take on it, I throw in some other things and I talk about how it has influenced my music. This week, it's another cleanup week, I'll admit it. Um, there are so many reasons for doing this and one is uh, I'm extra bored. There's a lot less to do right now, so this is the perfect time to do this. And yes, I have discovered, as last week, other bands that I did single albums on and didn't didn't realize or think ahead to the fact that I had other albums of theirs in my collection, and I kind of blew my wad talking about those bands. So this is me going through Boom 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 Rapid Fire yet again, and this one is not as themed as the other one was. Last week was mostly about the, well it was all about the 1980s and big bands from the 80s so it kind of worked as far as cohesiveness and also they were like some of my all time favorite bands. These are bands that I would not consider to be my all time favorites. People I like, some more than others, some much more than others uh, but they don't really have much else in common other than not much, you know you can find commonalities in all these because that's how music is And people who think that way and listen that way, they can. But the point is, these just happen to be other bands that I found in my collection that I knew I needed to clean house on. So that's what we're doing here. Not as many as last week. I think there were 15 last week, and I did miss one. I missed Disintegration by The Cure, which I would love to keep talking about that. But instead, why don't you go check out my other playlist and check out uh, my tribute to The Cure that I did in one of my Facebook Live concerts. I think you'll be really really uh, pleasantly surprised uh, or just very pleased Uh, but in this case to this week there are only eight albums that we're dealing with and uh, I've got a playlist again cheating I'm using a Spotify playlist of all eight albums to keep this going as I talk so I don't have to change things on on the old turntable so let's get started this theme that is no theme is all about having no theme it's about not being so hung up on programming on making things cohesive i i love that founders and early adopters like pandora with their music genome project and then following on to that itunes spotify a bunch of others have this whole you know algorithms that everybody uses now where if you like this then you'll like this hey, that's great, because a lot of times that really, really works, but you know what it robs us of? It robs us of variety, and it robs us of spontaneity, and it robs us of, of surprise and and discovery. The kinds of things that you would find more when you didn't have these algorithms dictating to you, well, yeah, I love this band. This band happens to be the Psychedelic First, also one of the best songs of theirs, and I got to perform with the band recently, and, uh, and you know, what, what do we do when that happens? Well, we try to create our own variety, and that's uh, by default kind of what I'm doing here. So that's why I kind of subtitled this. Don't test me on genre. I am not interested in trying to classify today or do anything like that, or to try to make any of this playlist cohesive. If you want a version of variety, click on the playlist link that I have below, uh, the, uh, underneath the title and subtitle, and take a listen. That was uh, my first band I'm talking about. It was the Psychedelic Furs. This is the next band I'll be talking about, artist Lou Reed. So you can see the craziness here. There's an intention there. It was an unintentional intention. (laughs) So first album, Psychedelic Furs, Mirror Moves. Absolutely my favorite album of theirs. It's uh, like The Cure, they were British romantics. They didn't quite have the same uh, goth and dark leanings. Uh, they were certainly in some ways more poppy and a little, you know, kind of the more jangly rock, which I absolutely love. And again, Heaven, Awesome Song and The Ghost in You, both on this album, worth the album. Those are worth the album. Those are those are still their forever classics in my book. And, I, and, I, and the other reason I love this band is similar to why I love The Cure and some of the others is that um, Richard Butler... Did not ever try to hide his accent or or, or sing in any way other than the way he sang. Very thick accent, a British fella, and that's just charming and endearing. Second album from Psychedelic First, Midnight to Midnight. This album, I was so into this album, and then this album came out, and it made me sad. It made me sad because it was obvious they used a different producer, they were shooting for the stars as far as success and commercialism. And listen, more power to them, it worked because the song Heartbreak Beat was their biggest hit. Awesome, great, or in the US anyway, I don't know about the rest of the world, but it lacked that kind of quirky feel of the rest of their work and, and I missed it. And the thing is, Richard Butler himself, he agreed with that he said it was vapid among other things and um i again we're still you know in hindsight it's probably better than it seemed at the time because a lot of things that are based in actual good music do age well even though they may seem uh somewhat you know production wise trite at the time because it's rehashing things or whatever or trying to do something that the band isn't that stuff doesn't tend to matter as much as time passes um after this album the furs would do two more albums and then they would disband, and Butler formed the band Love Spit Love, which is a band I was so happy to see because it brought him back, and, I, and it had more of an electronic feel to it, and I just liked it. I really liked it. But even better news, the Furs are back, and they are releasing an album very soon, this year in 2020. It's now May 2020, if you are watching this from the future. And this, this album, I've heard a couple cuts from it, it sounds a whole hell of a lot like... They're older stuff, even pre-this. And it's their first album since 1991, so come on. Uh, Next, the artist we just heard and are apparently still hearing, I believe, unless I am misreading my Spotify, Um, Lou Reed, uh, Walk on the Wild Side. This isn't on Spotify for some reason, so I just did another Greatest Hits thing. This, Lou Reed, right? I mean, quintessential New York artsy type. You know, and I'm actually not sure where he's from, but man, he's so associated with this city. Uh, I think if you have any self respect, you cannot hate or disrespect Lou Reed for anything that he's ever done music wise. His work with the Velvet Underground alone merits legend status. And then you have this collection, which, guess what, only covers up till 1976 and showed immediately the genius that we all now know him to be. And, I mean, the, you know, Satellite of Frickin' Love, um, Walk on the Wild Side, it's Sweet White so it does have some of the stuff from, you know, Velvet Underground and stuff like that, too. I honestly didn't remember. I'm reading it, so you can read it, too. Here, take a picture. Um, the point is, uh, he would go on to, you know, work for another, what, 40 years and do much more awesome work as well including the next album i'm going to talk about and yet this if he if he had died then this would still be legendary but he did it and in the and in the 80s late 80s he released the album new york it was this album that made me buy this album i i remember or no i'm sorry it was this album that made me buy this album i had known walking the wild side and all that stuff And I was like, oh, my God, Lou Reed has a new album. I need to get it. And, you know, it was weird because it has this kind of almost spoken word poetry thing over music, which at first was kind of hard to, to get used to because Lou Reed is not somebody that I have a passion for and he doesn't, like, spark me in the way some other artists do. And yet the more I listened to it, the more I loved it because, I mean, dirty boulevard was the kind of the hook that got me into the rest of the album but he 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 is like the master even more so than dylan who i think i can't honestly figure out and maybe that's the way he likes it in terms of especially his vocals because he's had times where he's done so well um Mm -hmm. Lou Reed was a don't give a shit about vocals person for his entire career and he owned it and he embraced it and he, like Dylan, paired it with just sheer poetry and, uh, fortunately music that worked. The late 80s weren't, wasn't great for music like this and yet he still found a way to make it, to make it good and, uh, you know, it's dumb that he's dead. It's dumb that a lot of people are dead. Um... The next album that we're going to get into is uh, another artist, Talking Heads. I talked about this one. And here's the thing about Talking Heads. Like I said before, they're kind of left field for me. So much of their stuff, a good portion of their stuff, I really like. But I I don't really, I don't sync with them. And I feel like that's something that David Byrne likes. Because I believe that the only person in the entire world who syncs with any one given artist of rich tapestry... Uh, rich output is that artist, him or herself or themselves And I think that's certainly the case with David Byrne. I think he'd be happy to admit that, um, because he's always followed his own muse, whether that's you know, brought him into world music or Latin music or pop or all of the rock or any of the other things, funk and electronic and stuff like that. And now my God, so sad that his show is supposed to have returned to Broadway and now no one can see it. Hopefully it will still return because I really want to see it here in may 2020 um the the thing about this this album uh, including and pretty much all of their work is that some of their stuff just knocks me right down and the other i find kind of oddly dispassionate and maybe it's because i don't identify it with. i don't think it's any again their fault and again this the really reason this album is somewhat special to me is because it was produced during i think my favorite sweet spot for production and i have several but it was 1978 to 82-ish, that kind of era where things were dry and punchy, but with a little bit of quirk to them, and just, I I don't even want to go into why that production was always so awesome. Uh, The next Stocking Heads album, Little Creatures, came out, you know, several years later. Um, And I gotta tell you, this stuff, I actually prefer. I know it sucks to say this, and I don't say this about a lot of bands, although I pretty much lean this way for many bands. I prefer talking heads when they were shooting for commercialism why because they knew how to do it intelligently they knew how to retain pretty much a hundred percent of their quirkiness and their individualism and yet do it in a way that created pop masterpieces like and she was like road to nowhere but i mean and she was don't even like that's just one of their tops you know and and i think that that effort to really connect with the greater audience again doesn't doesn't have to be for every artist or any single artist every time in fact i think that can get really boring but the fact that an artist who could have done pretty much anything you know did spend some of the career trying to connect, as he's doing now, frankly, probably more than ever, honestly, is, is a wonderful thing to me. And I think this album and the next album, True Stories, were the high mark of their kind of trying to connect with the masses. doesn't make them any better than any others. I know critics would say earlier stuff is better, whatever, that's fine. But I, you know, I don't really judge that way. Uh, we're going to get in this band now, the one we've been listening to. Yes! And you probably hear more of Yes in this um, collection because their songs are so goddamn long, yeah. And, then, uh, but, but, and I say that, um, you know, with a little tongue and a little cheek because, as I said in my previous podcast, Yes is and always will be my favorite prog rock band. And I'm going to venture to say that they were the best prog rock band. I know King Crimson fans. I know Genesis fans especially. If there was any band that I thought should compete the breadth of their career with being the best prog rock band, yes, it would be Genesis. And there's a reason why I say that even Yes and Genesis would be better than so many of the other amazing prog rock bands out there. And it's because they went everywhere. They did this kind of stuff, which kind of bridged the gap between progressiveness and pop sensibility. They went straight up pop, but still retained some of the progressiveness underneath it and and within it. And they went straight progressive, sometimes successfully, and sometimes please don't make me listen to the entire Tales from Topographic Oceans in one sitting unless I have been smoking, you know. And, and, and I'm not saying this as a criticism, I'm saying that that's what good bands should do, they should go everywhere and yes did that genesis did that you know i'm sure other prog bands did that as well but to the degree of success that they did no and because yes has a romanticism and i love their vocal harmonies and i i prefer john anderson's voice to the early peter gabriel's voice i did come around to peter gabriel's voice once he left the band and went solo and do not do not test me on phil collins one of the best period whether with genesis or solo Vocally and in so many other ways, but as far as work with the prog rock band and the type of sound and everything, yes, it's always going to be you know my favorite and and highly subjectively I will again say they were the best. Um, which which brings me to uh, uh, the last album this section selection uh, week classic yes um, a weird album right? We're you listening to something from it right now. And uh, this is Long Distance Runaround, which is actually from uh, Fragile. I do not memorize things like that. It's on here. And uh, I'll tell you why this album is weird, because it says Classic Yes, you think, okay, Greatest Hits. No, it's not a Greatest Hits album. And it's also not strictly a to date career retrospective, if it were, it'd be longer, double, triple album, whatever. And for those reasons, it makes it basically the perfect prog rock compilation because it does whatever it wants and, and somehow does it well. Uh, and there's a lot of thought behind it. Why? How do I know that? Because this was not something that the record company put together. Chris Squire himself put this together. So these were personal decisions that were being made. And that pretty much explains everything. But it also, again, and I think the choices he made were wonderful and awesome. Yeah, it left out some other things that you would love to hear, but then go get the other albums. Go listen to Spotify. You know, there are so many ways to do that now. But that's, you know, uh, I would say of all the four bands that I talked about today, uh, Yes would be tops for me. Uh, Psychedelic Furs would be second um, talking heads third and Lou Reed fourth like and respect them all but absolutely in that order uh, I can't promise this will be the last house cleaning week A because I'm having fun with them and B because uh, I'm not sure if there are other b- albums that I've forgotten from the you know bands that I've talked about already uh, you feel lucky that you get a you know maybe potentially possibly another uh, slightly extra long podcast I'm sure you do Um before i sign off i want to go through all my stuff that i normally do uh i want to mention to you that my i have uh, a new ep that's out On my website, on Bandcamp, and on Spotify, and on iTunes, and soon to be on Amazon, and Panora, and all the other outlets, I put below, along with the alternative text as usual, and the link to this Spotify playlist, I put the link to the Spotify uh, uh, EP uh, of mine, and the iTunes of mine, my band Wreck, in conjunction with the band Biking and Funeral put out an EP called Sympathy for the Weird. It's the first of five EPs I'll be releasing in the Weird collection this year. The next one, which is in the works and uh, almost on Spotify and iTunes, it's called G for the Weird, uh, in, in conjunction with a, a different band. And um, I will mention that uh, when that's all up and running. But for now, please click on the links below, whether you prefer Spotify or iTunes, and take a listen to uh, my albums, and my EPs, and, and let me know what you think. Um, uh, Before I uh, go Again let me ask you Are you into any of the stuff that I've talked about today Would you listen to a weird playlist like this That has barely any connection Between one song and another One band and another Could you create an even better playlist than this That's weirder and more disjointed I listened to something on Spotify That claimed to be really eclectic We don't care about genre And I gotta tell you Everything sounded the same again there's something wrong out there, and we need to fix this. We need to do stuff like this to bring back that kind of immediate variety that the whole world used to be used to, That how things thrive. You shouldn't have to search so hard for that, although if you do, more power to you. Uh, as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for reading. Thank you for watching. Thank you for clicking. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for subscribing. and. Uh, any commenting that you do because as always my objective here uh, other than making music magic is a conversation and connection and i will see you next week
0: it's nfl draft season and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football